Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy rainy Tuesday to you, Golden Eagle fans. Listen across the state of Mississippi. Welcome to the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in downtown Laurel. Michael Mergen's producing from the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg. Bob out for one more day, but thankful you're with us. Good show for you today. More about uh, more policies uh, to give you more information about uh, what it's going to be like in MM Roberts Stadium for football. We'll talk to Kelly Sander uh, in just a, a little bit about that. Also, Conference USA preseason uh, conference teams announced several Golden Eagles on that, let you know that. And we'll be talking to Kevin Roberts uh, from Meridian Community College here in just a moment. First segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Dickie's Barbecue, located in a community near you, the hometown team, located uh, just outside Turtle Creek Mall in Hattiesburg, but there's a Dickie's, should be around the corner for from you. Great barbecue, great ribs, great brisket. I personally really like the sausage. And uh, be sure to, to go check out your local Dickies. Dickies cooked here, loved everywhere, and we appreciate their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. Kevin Roberts uh, is is a recruiting coordinator at Meridian Community College, uh, but he played football at East Mississippi Community College and then Southeastern Louisiana and was actually on Todd Munkin's first staff uh, in 2013 and 2014 at Southern Miss, and he joins us on the phone line now. Kevin, how's your Tuesday going? Oh, everything is going great, great. Glad to be on the show today. Everything is going great. Well, man, uh, thanks so much for coming on. You're originally from Meridian, and life always has that uh, circle ability to it, and you have circled back to where you are at Meridian Community College. And I want to talk to you today uh, about several different things, obviously your time at Southern Miss. But first and foremost, uh, back in Meridian at Meridian Community College, and, and you're a recruiting coordinator, and we've just kind of been talking about how you know 2020 has been a wild year. How is, it, how is uh, just the uniqueness of this year affected you guys at Meridian Community College? Um, it's been one of those deals, where, like you said, it's been very, very unique. And for our, you know, the, the, the bulk of what we do, you know, for the students and, and incoming kids that we're trying to get on campus, it's been a it's been a different outlook on things. You know, we've had to adjust and make some changes to, obviously, our schedules and the way we handle things. But um, I would say, nonetheless, it's been a um, great, a great experience to, um, you know, to find new ways to do different things, you know, that's one thing that I live by, and that's you know kind of my motto. You know, when you when you have something, you know, going good, you know, it's always good to uh, also go back and look at it. It's kind of back to my football background where you where you have um you know a season planned out and you get that that bye week. Obviously, this is a long bye week that we had with COVID, but you get that bye week and you get the game plan against yourself and see what you're doing good and see what you're doing bad. And so I think it gave us some time to kind of to look at some things and see, you know, and see and reflect on, you know, what we're doing really, really good, what we did really, really good, and what we, you know, make and work, possibly work on. So all in all, you know, it's been, like you said, it's been kind of unique to uh, to a certain extent to where, 
you know, we just have to make some adjustments, and we're still making adjustments trying to, you know, figure this thing out. You know, just I'm sure as you guys are also. Community college, so important uh, to Mississippi, so important uh, to so many students and families. It's just so, so important to so many communities. Mississippi, a very unique place, um, Kevin, because you work for a community college. You understand how important the uh, the structure of the community college system is for, for the state, and it's it's really unlike any other state in the United States. That's right. That's right. That's, I agree. I agree, and it's one of those deals where, like you said, you know, it's such a big, not not only to the kids that's in the community, but the kids that's around, you know, outside the community that's close within, the, you know, a radius of us, you know, and also kids that we're, you know, possibly impacting that are, you know, out of out of state because we do get those type kids also, you know. Um, but it's it's one of those deals where you know we we're always trying to plan ahead, you know, we're always trying to you know do things better, you know, here and make and make life easier for kids, you know, because the community college is a is a is a is a place where kids can you know come you you know we always stress you get those same you know those same basic classes you know that you can get at the university and some kids just just aren't ready to go off yet some kids you know want to stay closer to home or want to you know do, you know do it a little little different because we had a student um just recently I was talking with and she was just explaining how you know she was so grateful of the opportunity to go to a community college and now she's you know obviously enrolled at um USM now um. But it's one of those deals where, you know, the kids are, you know, some are, some are, you know, ready for that university life and some aren't, you know. And even the ones that are, you know, they decide they want to go to that, you know, more home-based, you know, um, community college. Yeah. you uh, Before you recruited uh, students, you recruited football players. And uh, really, I guess your first job was uh, at Southern Miss with – with Todd Munkin, you uh, you had a great career at East Mississippi Community College. You guys won the Mississippi Bowl, finished in the top five in the country. Then you go to Southeastern Louisiana, and how did you get to Southern Miss on Todd Munkin's staff? Um, it's a funny it's a funny story, and you know, as I'm sure you know, in athletics and and anything you do in life, when you build relationships with people and you do right by people, and you, and, and guys, uh, uh, even you know, women or men, see you working hard. They tend to give you opportunities more, and so for me, it was um, it went back to my college defensive coordinator, um, who was my DC at um Southeastern, and um, and he ended up getting a job at Southern Miss, you know. So he gives me a call and like, hey, do you want to, you know? I was coaching at the time, you know, a little bit, kind of helping out. I really wasn't coaching. I was kind of fresh out of out of school, um, obviously, but I was kind of, you know, wanting to get into coaching. And he was like, hey, come down here with me. You know, um, I at Southern Miss. You know, he's from Louisiana. Um, Pete Golden. He's actually on the D.C. at University yeah. of Alabama right now. So that was the connection right there um, with with Pete. And um, he's still a good friend of mine to this day. You know, I text him right now, and he'll respond back. So when I, I went back and I was just glancing at that thirteen signing class and and the fourteen signing class. I mean, some names really jump out. Obviously, Nick uh-huh. Mullins. Cameron yep. Tom, Devin Ferrier. I'm looking at the 14 now. Uh, Tez Parks is on there. Picasso Nelson, uh-huh, Jordan uh-huh. Mitchell, uh, a guy named uh, Ito Smith, a couple people yep. have heard of, yep. Cornell Armstrong, <laughs> Corey Robertson, Mike Thomas. Uh, I'm, I'm still scrolling. Th- those are all your recruits. I mean, yep. does that kind yep. of blow you away looking back Man. on it right now? Man, it, it was it was awesome, you know, to go back and look like you said, just to see those names of those guys that are, you know, that, that are doing really well in life, that are, you know, that are had an opportunity to go, 
and play pro ball and do things, you know, outside of, you know, the university and represent the university as a whole on a high, on a high, high level. And, you know, that's always awesome to see, you know, kids, you know, reach their goals and their dreams because, you know, out of that class, there was a, a lot of other kids that, you know, that didn't go pro, you know, which they're very successful right now, you know. And I think one thing about USM and that a lot of um, kids are understanding also and adults that it prepares you, you know, that those guys prepared them for life after football, you know, life, you know, during pro football, you know, as some of those guys got the chance to do. But like you said, looking back on that list, man, it's amazing. It's a blessing because those kids get that opportunity, you know, because I tell them all the time, I tell kids now to this day, you know, I had the chance when I came out to do a little CFL, you know, but, you know, it didn't work out, you know, so I, I channel my energy, you know, I know I love sports, I know I love kids, I know I love help, love helping people. You know, and 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 it helped me to get into the uh, recruiting, the coaching world. You know, to be around kids and help them because not only do you recruit kids, you know, you build relationships with them. Yeah, that's. Uh, it always seems like those are the ones that last. All right, be honest with us. Who was one of the hardest guys to recruit out of those guys I listed? You know, you think about the the NFL guys, the Nelsons, the Armstrong, Mullins. Who was the the hardest to recruit? Who was the most flaky on you? Who was the hardest one it was to sell to <laughs> well, come to Southern I, Miss? I I went well most of the time. All those kids that I recruited, it's funny that you say that because I usually built a really good relationship with them to where they understood that hey, if you don't come here, you know I'm not gonna be mad at you. I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna. I, I still talk to kids to this day that I recruited. And that they're playing at other universities right now, and some playing pro ball, you know. So I don't think I, I don't think I ran into any of those kids that were really just flaky on me, just, you know, because my personality, I'm, I, I find a way for you know. Eventually, you know, you have kids that are that give you kind of the cold shoulder after after so long, you know. But once you know, I feel like if I if I get to see a kid face to face and talk with them and sit down with them, I can engage them, you know. I feel like I can engage them and I can I can kind of you know. Talk to him through a perspective of, of, of myself, you know, because I was—I guess I'm still a younger guy. I was just turned thirty last week, but um, you are, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, um, you know, I guess you know they kind of gravitated towards me to to a point where they kind of saw, you know, you know themselves in the future, maybe, you know, and they was able to open up to me and tell me, you know, things, you know, personal things, you know, that that the average recruit may or may not, you know, talk about because they they felt they comfortable with me, and I think that was a big recruiting tool for me you know just my personality and the person that i was so i really don't think i had one and i and i and now that you said they make me think about it really really hard and i'm like wow i really didn't <laughs> kevin uh, we're up against a hard break can you stick around for uh, a few more minutes yeah yeah sure kevin uh, roberts from Reading community college former uh, recruiting uh head of recruiting got all these uh nfl studs to hattiesburg we'll continue with kevin roberts on the eagle hour don't go anywhere Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, the 
place to go for all your Southern Miss apparel. They sell books over there, too. That's why they call it Campus Bookmark. But all the Southern Miss hats, shirts, sweatshirts, bumper stickers, license tags, everything you want, uh, it's over there at Campus Bookmark. You can also go on their website, campusbookmark.net, and get all that Southern Miss stuff sent to your house. Campus Bookmark, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson in the First Bank Studios in downtown Laurel, Michael Mergen's producing for us at the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg. We continue with Kevin Roberts of uh, Meridian Community College. He's a recruiting coordinator there. And before he recruited people to uh, Meridian Community College, recruited athletes to Southern Miss. And uh, we were just discussing the 2013 and the 2014 recruiting class, Kevin, that you were involved in. And, you know, it wasn't the greatest time to come to Southern Miss. Um, we, we will not mention the previous head coach uh, who was right. there before. You got there. It's kind of a, an unwritten rule here on the Eagle Hour. Right, but uh, right. you come in, and it's obviously a difficult situation. How did you see Todd Munkin take control of a long history uh, program? I played for him. I, I know you played against him. You knew what Southern Miss meant to Mississippi in the Southeast and college right. football. How did you see Todd Munkin immediately? Uh, what did he do to, to get people to buy back in that we could turn the thing around? Um, it's funny. It's funny that you say that because um, and I don't like to use the term buy-in, and that's nothing against you using it. Because I'm, but I'm gonna tell you why. Um, you know when you buy something, what you can do, you can get a receipt, you can return it, right? So that was one thing I always told my kids. I don't want you to buy in, you know, and I don't think he ever got them to buy in. But I, do, what I do know that he got them to do was was to believe and understand, you know, what the the history of the program was about, you know. He he was a, a hard nosed guy, man. He was a guy that you know, and obviously, you know, they don't just you know pick guys and you know let them coach NFL in the NFL, you know. And he's one of those guys that was hard nosed. He loved the kids, you know. But he you was gonna get you was gonna get every ounce of sweat, you know, sweat, blood, and tears that he had, you know. And that's the type of guy that he was. And he wanted to bring that tradition back because for so many years, like you said, everybody knew you know what the expectation was when Southern Miss stepped on the football field. You know, it. You know, no matter who they played, you know, you knew it wasn't going to be an easy game. You know, and you were going to have the, the the fight, claw, and scratch. You know, to to get a win. You know, on either side or whoever it was. You know, and that's with all the sports, athletics. You know, that's just the the, the history. You know, of the of the you know the college. So I think you know Todd was one of those guys, and I texted him a while back. Um, I think it was on Father's Day. You know, we got to chat just a little bit, but um, you know, he's one of those guys, man. That he came in. And he had, he brought he brought that hard nose, that attitude, that flair, you know, to the program that was missing, you know, and you know we was able to turn it around with that. And he like you said, he put guys in place, coaching on the coaching staff that cared about kids genuinely. That that year, uh, because people will just say, oh, you know, zero and twelve, and then one and eleven. Yeah, we played Nebraska, Arkansas, and Boise State first the three out of the first four games. So it, right. it wasn't like right. it wasn't like Todd Munkin was like, yeah, we go get some easy wins here. Yeah. Um, yeah. After yeah. you go zero and four, you lose by one to FIU. Um, but you you found that team still battling, 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 yep. and everybody remembers really the game that changed. Uh, the trajectory of the resurrection of Southern Miss football. It was just when we, we went off at, at Legion Field the last game of the season. Did you guys feel like a game like that was coming, or was that completely out of the blue? We always we always felt like that. We always did. And that was one thing we always talked about in staff meetings. Like, 
we, we, you know, we always could feel it. You know, we were just that close. You know, like you said, losing those games by those close, close amounts to the, to the naked eye, it's like, okay, yeah, it's just another loss, you know, because if you win it, then it's like a win is a win, right? But we knew we were just getting ready to scratch the surface. We were just turning the corner. We were just getting over the hump, you know, and it was coming. You know, and we knew it was coming. Um, obviously, we didn't know exactly when, but we knew it was coming because guys were working their tails off in the film room and practices, you know, and things of that nature. You know, they were, they, you know, everybody was like you said. You know, they were doing the right things to 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 have success. Two guys specifically, I want to ask you about two players. I've already mentioned them in the recruiting process, but. Nick Mullins and Ido Smith, when when they arrived in Hattiesburg, did really anybody have a clue that they would turn out to be the uh, the excellent football players that they are now? Uh, I, I don't know if the fans did, but I definitely know the staff did. Because I remember Ido coming out and me watching film on him, and even with, even with Nick, but I remember Elo very, very vividly, you know, him being this dynamic guy. Like, you see him walk around campus and you're like, that's not the same running back, you know. I mean, because he's not a big guy. I mean, he's not a big physical guy, but he was just so shifty. You know, he was just, you know, he could stop on a dime. You know, one-on-one in space, you had no chance at tackling him. You know, and Nick was just what he's, what he's done in the NFL. Nick is just Nick. You know, so smart, IQ through the roof. You know, um, one of those kids where, you know, he was a natural-born leader. You know, big arm. You know, always, you know, always was, you know, like I said, I was a leader and always made the right, right reads. You know, he was just one of those guys because I think, if I remember correctly, didn't throw a lot of, you know, a lot of interceptions, you know, you know, and things like that. He was one of those kids that took care of the ball, but wasn't scared to make, you know, make chance, you know, take chances. And, you know, and as a quarterback, you know, you have to be, you know, you have to be like that. But he was just one of those guys that I always saw, man, he just led, you know, and he didn't have, he wasn't a big raw, raw guy. But he was a natural-born leader with his work ethic, the way he handled himself on and off the field. As a true, he he handled himself as a true pro that he is. Nick uh, completing now seventy-two percent of his passes in Forty Nine er camp through uh, the first eight days of it. We're talking to Kevin Roberts. He's recruiting coordinator at Meridian Community College. Also served uh, on the Southern Miss. Staff, um, Kevin, after you, you went to Southern Miss, we won't hold this against you. You did go to Starkville for a little bit. Um, thankfully, you moved on from there. I'm just joking with you. But, but you, you did recruit in Conference USA. You recruited in the Southeastern Conference. And it's amazing to me how quickly college football has evolved. I, I've been out, it's, it, I feel like an old man now saying this. I've been out 15 years. I played at Southern Miss from 01 to 05. And, you know, it almost seemed to me that that was back in you know the dark ages. How much it just mm-hmm. evolves, and even now in 2020, what changes have you seen in college recruiting just from the time you've been out of? Uh, you know, I think you finished up Mississippi State what in 2017. Yeah. So the uh-huh. four or five years you were recruiting in college football, how much has it changed now in 2020? Um, I I don't think it changed a whole lot, but the dynamics of things have changed because honestly, kids are different. We all know kids are di- we di- we're dealing with a different era of kids, and kids, you know, they like to be loved. You know, they like to be loved on. They like to, you know, be showed love. You know, and they they just a different type of kid. You know, who, you know, some kids, you know, it's one of those deals where back in the day when I was growing up, you know, the coach would yell and scream and get on everybody. You know, and nowadays, you know, you almost have to coach kids differently. 
you know, but this just the way it is. Now, you're not going to treat any kid any different than you would the other one, but, you know, one kid over here might can take you, you know, being on his tail all the time, you know, yelling and screaming and things like that. But this other kid may not. You might lose him for the whole game, you know, if you do that to him. So you have to find another way to kind of, um, you know, reach him, you know what I'm saying? But as far as recruiting and the standpoint of things, like I said, I don't think it's changed a whole, whole lot, but it has been different dynamics that have changed to where you're doing more, you know, you're trying to reach. And obviously with COVID going on, the whole dynamic has changed to where it's like, you know, you're trying to do so much virtual, you know, and plan and, and, and strategize to be able to, you know, because it's a competition. You know, when you're in a conference or when you're in the college football period, you're competing with thousands of other colleges for that one kid, you know. So, Yeah. Uh, Kevin, this this might be a can of worms. We only got about uh, about a minute and a half left in in with our time with you. Um, but what's your thoughts? I just want to get your take on on what the transfer portal has become. And I I know it's got to be extremely frustrating for anyone in the recruiting profession uh, when you see so many players, college football players, that you pour your time, your life into, and uh, maybe they don't get the snaps they want, or maybe something else pops up, and it's basically turned college football into free agency. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right, and it is it is one of those deals where it's kind of similar to that because kids can come and go almost as they wish, you know. And it's one of those deals where I never I never hold that type of deal against a kid because you never know. A lot of kids are going through things that we never would know about, you know. And a lot of times you don't even find out about it until they get out of college and they try to learn to adapt to the real world because for so many years, you know, we get them on there, you know, and we talking with them and they having a good old time. Cause they enjoying life, they enjoying school, they enjoying ball first and foremost. And obviously, every last one of those kids possibly want to reach the goal of playing pro ball. The chances of that slim to none. It doesn't usually happen for a lot of kids, you know. And so after that, they have to find that adjustment to life, to normal. You know, I say normal life, you know, because we all are hardworking professionals. But some kids don't know how to, you know, find a profession. You know, they think the only profession out there is playing football or playing baseball or playing basketball, you know, playing those different sports, soccer, whatever, you know, the case may be. But as we both know and understand, you know, it's much more to life than that. And that's one thing that I, I, I loved about Southern Miss because those coaches, they put things in place to try to help those kids later on after life. That's right. That's right. Well, Kevin, we appreciate your time today. Should mention your son, Kevin Jr., the only Mississippi player selected to be a part of the perfect game, a 12 and under select fest, uh, yes, coming up this weekend in uh, Marietta. Man, good luck to him. Uh, good luck to you. Thanks so much for being on the Eagle Hour today with us. Thank you guys for having me. I have a blessed day. Kevin Roberts, recruit coordinator at Meridian Community College, and got a whole bunch of good football players to Southern Miss. Stick with us, Kelly John Center, on the phone right after this on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Greatly appreciate Kevin Roberts for spending the first two segments of uh, the Eagle Hour with us today. And uh, just go back and look at the 2013-2014 recruiting classes, really Todd Munkin's first two classes. Kevin Roberts a part of that. and You'll be blown away. There's there's uh, six, seven, eight, maybe even nine guys on NFL squads right now. Uh, and he's the guy that got Edo Smith to Southern Miss. So appreciate Kevin's uh, time with us. And the good luck to him and his son, Kevin Jr., who's on the perfect 
team or perfect game under under 12 team in Marietta, Georgia this weekend. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. The owner over there, Slade White, great friend of ours. They got trivia night, uh, memorabilia out the wazoo, and uh, we appreciate their, their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour, 4th Street Bar and Grill. A man who knows all about trivia night at 4th Street. Uh, Kelly, how many, uh, Kelly Sander joined us now. Kelly, how many like episodes of like Jeopardy over there did you win? Well, me and Tim Doherty, you know, who used to be a, a, a staff reporter for the Hattiesburg American, you know, um, and and the only reason we won a lot, Luke, is because we were usually so much older than everybody else, you know. So we we remember some of the questions as if they were yesterday when other people had to Google or or whatever. But uh, but advantage, you know, old people, it it is advantageous when you're going through history questions, but. Uh, that you be older. So you're so, like the Ken Jennings of Fourth Street, could we say that? Uh, well, and I know that's the guy at Jeopardy that won off. No, but he he knows all about literature and things like that. I didn't. I don't know much about. I don't know much about that. But you know, city Hattiesburg trivia and Southern Miss and all that kind of stuff. It's it's a lot of fun. Of course, and enjoy shooting a good game of pool over there as well. They, I've gotten so good at it, they call me Mississippi Fats, <laughs> as opposed to Minnesota it? Fats. So. Anyway, yeah, I enjoy it. Spell it with an F or a PH? I don't know this new age stuff. I I, I never have written it out, but uh, they just say, "Hey, fat." So, but man, there's a lot of stuff all right. Going Southern on Miss, uh, yeah, there's a whole lot of stuff going on, yeah. and let's get into it. Southern Miss football uh, places three guys on uh, all preseason conference USA team: Jack Abraham. Obviously, senior quarterback, senior wide receiver Tim Jones, and Kyle Hemby, who's kind of a, a, a football magnet, has a lot of interceptions the last couple of years. He's been there. Kelly, anything to these preseason uh, all-conference teams? Uh, I know when, when I got on them, I, I, was, I was thankful. I was cool with it. But, I mean, why, why do we do it? Is it something else for the media just to, to toss around for a couple of days? Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun, kind of like the, the top 25 polls we were talking about yesterday. It's just it's a water cooler discussion, you know, uh, and it is certainly kind of cool to be on those, but and it also can be used as a motivating factor for guys who didn't make that list that thought they should have been on there. You know, they get kind of that chip on their shoulder feeling like they've got to prove something. So it, it can prove, prove to be useful that way as well. As far as the Eagle choices go, Luke, I think those were all, you know, pretty slam dunk. If we can use a basketball term for football. Those guys are all pretty slam dunk picks. Hopefully, not only will they make the the postseason all conference team, but we'll have maybe three or four or five other guys that would make that list based on their performance. Let's hope so. Yeah, Jack, just with the, his uh, percentage, and you you think he'll clean up interceptions this this year? But yeah, whenever you have a third year uh, starter who has had the type of uh, yardage that Jack has, you can assume he'll be on there. Tim Jones was a guy last year, man, close to a thousand yards, so it makes sense. And Patrick McGee has, has said, it, and a couple other guys have said it. You know, Tim Jones probably will get a look you know, professionally, and a lot of people think he's he's going to just build on what he's done. Hemby, on the other hand, um, is a guy. What uh, two years ago he was tied for like third in the nation with interceptions, and and you kind of figure he's going to be the the Jack Abraham equivalent of the secondary. He's a guy, he's a three-year starter over there, and he's kind of really the only face that we'll know. Uh, Shannon Showers will be back over there with with Mitchell, but when you think of the secondary at Southern Miss, 
sometimes you know those names don't come to you, and, and Hemby's one of those guys um, that has more announcements, Kelly, about people that will be watching Jack Abraham, and Tim Jones, and Kyle Hemby. Uh, at least uh, a thousand students. Southern Miss uh, releasing some more guidelines today on SouthernMiss.com. We talked about yesterday the twenty-five seat, twenty-five percent seating capacity that goes along with Governor Reeves' announcement. Uh, season ticket holders will be covered, but now up to a thousand students uh, will be let in in a general admission setting. Uh, a few more things. Fans will not have access to the field post game. That was always dear to me as a player. I always liked interacting with fans after the game. Makes perfect sense. Uh, and the concession stands are going to have lots of options for you to do cashless transactions. I think it's important that we get students in MM Roberts Stadium, don't you? I, for sure. I mean, that's that's the, the whole foundation of the of the university. As when we were there, you know, we we wouldn't have dreamed of not being, you know, not going to a game. And so hopefully that will get, uh, you know, some students there. Uh, you know, we're getting word now that we thought maybe that CBS Sports Network would wind up carrying the game, but there's word now that there might be two or three different uh, television networks that might be interested in carrying that game a week from uh, Thursday against San Francisco. So let's hope that the, it goes a little bit further up the ladder. No disrespect to CBS Sports Line, but as far as accessibility goes for Southern Miss fans, uh, CBS Sportsline, not all that uh, available to, to many folks. The cable companies have done a pretty good job of making sure it gets offered wherever it's played. So let, let's hope that one of the, the bigger uh, networks has picked that game up because it is, if not the first, certainly one of the earlier games on the college football schedule. Yeah, all all this going go on tonight or that night is uh, UAB in Central Arkansas, and so uh, this is the only game that features FBS teams going against each other. So it will be, in a sense, the first true FBS kickoff game of the season. And so, yeah, um, Jack Duggan hinted yesterday we might see something at the end of the week, uh, some announcement on that. So, you know, if they're talking multiple, they, they might do stadium on Facebook at CBS Sports if, if somebody bigger um, doesn't pick it up. Uh, but, but, Kelly, uh, we've been talking about how COVID has affected football programs. Unfortunately, one football program um, sees an early end uh, to their season. Another a big football program on the coast uh, affected by COVID right now. North Forest, uh, the North Forest Eagles, which is only a stone's throw from the campus at Southern Miss, announced yesterday that, that they will add their name to the list of schools that will not play football this fall for COVID and some other reasons that were, were unmentioned. So the North Forest Eagles, who play in the 2A classification, they have pulled the plug on the season. The Eagles will not play football this year. And according to the list that, that we've got, that's 21 or 22 now high schools who have uh, canceled their seasons. Meanwhile, a 6A notable school, certainly any 6A school is notable, but Biloxi, the Indians on the Gulf Coast, have had some uh, COVID tests come back positive, so the Indians are on quarantine for two weeks. And so their first two games of the season now have been axed because of the, of the quarantine. So Biloxi uh, will, not, will not be in action for another couple weeks before they get back to action, I should say. And on the college scene at the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa, which I violated code by saying the A-word, but 500 students reportedly have tested positive for COVID. 500 students. Um, so our, you know, Governor Reeves and Dr. Dobbs have talked about the, the one age group that is really um, 
most affected at this point now are the college kids who, who by and large can handle the virus pretty well as far as shaking it off goes. They don't suffer near the, uh, the trauma that older people do or people with underlying uh, symptoms or underlying problems. But the students are the ones who are, who are spreading the virus now more than anybody else percentage-wise. As evidenced, 500 students at Alabama uh, reported yesterday uh, having COVID. Now, in basketball news, Gabe Watson, the former star for Southern Miss, has transferred to Tulane, has been granted another year of eligibility by the NCAA. So congratulations for Gabe, and I know we're always very pro-player on this program, and if that's you know that's, they want to play ball for another year, they should be able to do that. So, um, hate that we lost Gabe Watson, but just down the road at Tulane now, he gets another year of eligibility to play for the Green Wave. Gotta tell you what, man, Tulane they uh they, they they've been coming in South Mississippi grabbing people. Yeah, you've noticed that, have you? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, Keon's starting too. down there. They got the uh, the Watts twins from Pedal. Uh, there's a couple more guys that we we we've, we've talked about, and and now Gabe Watson. You know, and I was talking to, to Kevin Roberts in the previous segment. He recruits for Meridian Community College, Kelly, and, and you know he was just kind of saying also with the transfer portal, the way it's opened up, and and so uh, this is what I ask you. It, it's become like a free agency to finish that thought, kind of like a free agency. And to finish that thought, though, you know, Gabe Watson can play immediately. Isn't that going to be the case, really, for the NCAA can't get in a position because they've done this and they've had their, their card called on it. You know, Justin Fields goes from Georgia to Ohio State. He's granted immediate you know eligibility. And in the early parts of the transfer portal, there were a couple of guys that actually shot down. The NCAA is in a place now where they, where they can't turn anybody down from instant eligibility because there will be cries of favoritism everywhere. And, and, and when the precedent is set... That's the first thing that everybody will scream about, you know, if, if there is any complication. Well, this athlete did it. This athlete did it. You know, why can't I do it? Um, and, you know, the high school kids have been trying to do that for a long time with not near as much success, you know, moving around schools. But certainly with COVID and everything else, it's, it's a different situation. Yeah, in a COVID world, I think basically anybody can do anything they want to. Now, we'll take a break. We'll be back. Talk a little hurricanes, maybe a little more COVID, and a few more news and notes for you. Stick with us on the Eagle Hour on Super Talk Mississippi. Southern Miss to the top. Last segment of the Eagle Hour today brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg and online, toyotahattiesburg.com. You can go on the website, secure financing. You can even value your trade-in and pick you out a new vehicle, a certified vehicle, a pre-owned vehicle. You can find all that at Toyota Hattiesburg. 
Eagleshour.com. Greatly appreciate their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour as well. If uh, your your kid looking to to make him a little better in baseball or uh, your girl a little better in softball, D1 and D-Bat are there for your family. You can uh, train in great facilities. Your kids can get instructions uh, by superb instructors, all that. D1 and D-Bat located in Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson in the First Bank Studios in downtown Laurel. Michael Mergens producing in Hattiesburg. Kelly John Center on the phone with us. Uh, Michael, who kind of does everything for Super Talk, including uh, he is the, uh, I guess, the resident meteorologist, and I, I guess I'll use that term loosely for you, Michael, but that's it. We most TV meteorologists out there. use it loosely too it's okay <laughs> uh, yeah especially some of those that we come in contact with occasionally anyway it's rainy uh, in the pine belt today and, and that is because there is a a storm or a depression now but michael there is a uh, now in the gulf laura is uh, is looking to, to beef up some in the next day or so well laura is officially a hurricane as of this morning and i had to do some recent this keeps changing hourly which we expect but uh, right now landfall which is going to be somewhere right along the texas louisiana line uh it could be a three or higher now about an hour ago everything i read didn't say higher it just said three but it's a good possibility of intensifying and of course we'll probably see some rain from that uh but right now it looks like the the track right along louisiana texas north mississippi will actually see effects from this uh, later on in the week with probably heavy rain. Kelly, uh, what's the craziest thing you've done during a hurricane? Well, it was it was during, you know, Katrina and two well, I don't want to say it on the air. Yeah. I, <laughs> I got I've got the bleep it. ready. I got don't. the bleep. Yeah, I, I did some well, you know, cuz you had to sometimes you just didn't have things around the house and you had to make do with other things. And um, I, I will just say that I, I use things that I w- wouldn't normally use for different circumstances. Um, but you've got like eighteen generators planted in the moat out there at Cambridge. I mean, it's now not like a hurricane affects you at all? Yeah, now I mean we learned that from from Katrina, and because I live at, at Cambridge, it's, it's kind of standard operating procedure that all the houses out here have, you know, generators and and you know tornado safe houses and all those sorts of things. So it just comes as are there alligators the in the moat? No, but we do have we did have a swan, a rogue swan that went from uh, one lake to the other when it wasn't supposed to go there. Does that count? Possibly. <laughs> what Michael Downey Purvis, y'all just ordinary people, right? Yep, exactly. <laughs> That's all we are up here. No generators, here no nothing for sure. But it looks like Michael, if if this storm affects us at all, it's just rain from Marco. But you know, unless uh, Laura comes back some east, we might get the the far eastern uh, you know random little wave or or spinoff of it. Uh, mm-hmm. But but it looks like as of right now, we are halfway in the clear. Halfway, yeah. But be prepared. Of course, Saturday I was out running errands, and you saw the people who weren't halfway prepared uh, going into hurricane season. That's Typical, saw a lot of generators going out the door. And I mentioned this on our local morning show today. Uh, just FYI, this is the worst time of year to buy a generator because you're spending way too much. Do it January, February, knowing that there's a possibility of hurricanes coming. I mean, look where you live, and you'll you'll actually save money. But yeah, it's like I found that lawnmower. amusing. Like, like buying a lawnmower in December, right? Yeah. Same, same kind yep. of deal. It works. So, so is the it president going to um, call... 
Is the president going to call this storm Marco, little Marco? Is he going to... Like like he called Marco Rubio when he was running. For no, co- no comment. And I wanted to get to this right before we left because we were talking right before we leave because we were talking about it off air. Kelly, what what is the actual number where you just shut everything down? I I, I saw this uh, Dan Walken USA Today Sports Texas Tech today twenty one active cases within its football program. They're not saying whether that's players, staff, coaches, whoever. But Texas Tech's practicing the football this afternoon. And, and here's and here's the other thing too. Look, you're talking with some athletic directors at the high school level. You know, there's uh, Governor Reeves may may change his high school um, mandate as far as who will be allowed and who won't be allowed in football games. And athletic directors are saying if 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 Governor Reeves decides to allow fewer, even fewer people to get into high school football games, athletic directors are saying they're already barely at the break even point yeah. financially. Yeah. So, so sure. if Governor Reeves limits crowds even further, don't be surprised if some athletic directors just say we can't we can't afford it. If we can't have X number, that's, of people that's what I've been in. told. Yeah, that's what I've been told by numerous people that if they don't uh, if they can't get a gate a decent gate, they're not going to be able to pay anything else. All right, um, I will tell you with with these storms, uh, what I've been wanting to do. Uh, because it's been raining. I just want to go outside and shout Marco, and then the clouds shout back at me, Polo. Am I crazy? Well, you might, like I said, you might hear from Washington, little Marco, little Marco. <laughs> little Polo. We've all been thinking it, Luke, though. We, we've all wanted that to happen. You're but, right. Eh, it didn't. It, it, it didn't happen. We appreciate you joining us today. Stay safe, stay dry. We'll catch you tomorrow, same time, 1 o'clock. Join us then, and as always, Southern Miss. To, to the, the top. Slipping, slipping into the future. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle. Let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.